You're listening to the Conversations with Kids Peace podcast. Advice, information, and inspiration from experts at the leading provider of mental and behavioral health services for children, adults, and those who love them. Now, here's your host. Hello, and welcome to our podcast series, Conversations with Kids Peace. I'm Bob Martin. Holiday pop quiz time, multiple choice, no cheating off your neighbor's paper, and only one question. Fill in the blank. The holiday season is A, the most wonderful time of the year. B, the time of year when the world falls in love. C, filled with laughter and good cheer, with peace on earth, goodwill to all men. D, a horrifying obstacle course of worry, family strife, and despair, and to top it off, the coffee all tastes of peppermint and pumpkin spice. Or E, all of the above. Now, if you chose D or E, we're here to help. Managing the stresses of the holiday season is our topic, and to help us navigate through all that, we welcome back Adrian Pauling, site supervisor of the Acute Partial Program on Kids Pieces Broadway Campus in Fountain Hill, Pennsylvania, and Michelle Callahan, who has the same role at Kids Pieces offices in Tobihanna, PA. As always, welcome back, my friends. Hey, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Oh, well, happy holidays. Same to you. And we're talking about stress at the holidays, which we know comes in many forms, but there are a few common triggering aspects. First, let's talk about managing concerns over money. Now, you two break this up into the concerns of adults and those of younger folks. But in both cases, you say the key is being realistic. Adrian, what does that mean for adults at this time of year? Well, I think realistic is a budget. I mean, we all want to buy the greatest toys for the kids and the greatest electronics for our significant others and everybody's ideal gift. But in reality, it's it's not a realistic thing to do. So the better the budget, stagger your purchases. Um, you know, maybe you got some great deals on Black Friday or yesterday on Cyber Monday. Um, and also, don't convince yourself that you need to buy everyone a gift. You know, there's someone in your office who gets everyone a little candle every year, or you know, the neighbor lady always brings over cookies. Don't feel obligated to always reciprocate those things because sometimes people just do things like that because they're nice people and they just want to give something to you. You don't always necessarily have to return that. And that's obviously a source of stress. Sometimes you're like, oh. Joe gave me this. I've got to go get something that I hadn't planned on. Right. And then last minute, you feel like you need to run out and go get this, this, and this because someone in the office or, you know, the neighbors or somebody like that. And then you stress about you've broken your budget. Yes. (laughs) Now, Michelle, what about the teenage crowd and money at this time of year? Well, I think uh, managing their expectations are in regards to they don't have a lot of money. You know, they don't have a job or if they do have a job, it's a part time job. And, you know, people don't expect you to give gifts. It's about being there in the moment and being with your family. Yeah, when you come home from college, your parents just want you to be yeah. at the dinner and be present. They, they don't really expect you to buy gifts for everybody or anything like that. Like, get that, I think that's your role as a kid or teenager, just, like, be present. That's what it's about. And I imagine sometimes the teenagers would say, oh, I'd rather buy the present because I want to go <laughs> be with my friends. And you're kind of saying, you know what, you really have a role yeah. to play here. You've got you've to step up to it. they're hitting up their parents and saying, can I have some money to buy gifts? So <laughs> Yeah, very true. You're guilty of I, that I, one. I'm going to say, I, many years yeah. ago, that, that was me. I, 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 have to, I have to admit that. Um, of course, coming at the end of the calendar year, taking time at the holidays to look back on the year that's passed is pretty much unavoidable. And that often means reflecting on loved ones who have left us in that time. Michelle, one tip you offer 
might not sound right to many folks. You say, try to avoid the fact that the person is gone. How do you do that? Yeah, I think that's easier said than done, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I'm, what I'm basically saying is don't dwell on the fact that they're gone, right? Like, look at remembering the positive memories. Um, you know, look at um, being mindful of uh, the traditions that you had with that person. Um, you know, maybe doing a toast to them, you know, during the holiday celebrations or making a favorite dish of theirs, um, you know, something that would remember them. Right, right. Yeah, I, I do that as well with my, my father's, uh, will be gone 10 years this, this holiday. And um, each of my brothers and sisters, I think, all we all make the uh, Thanksgiving stuffing that he made. Um, wasn't, wasn't fancy. Uh, we asked him about having a recipe. He laughed at us, like you know, there's no recipe <laughs> right. to take with that. But it does it does bring back that memory in, in a way that's that's not as uh, you know, sort of bringing you down. So so you're remembering the good times, remembering the, celebrating the life. Well, and I think we have to remember that our our thoughts cause our feelings, which in return cause, you know, reactions and behavior. So if we're dwelling on the fact that this person's gone, naturally we're going to have more negative emotions like depression, anger, whatever. So if we focus our thoughts instead on the positive memories, we're more likely to have, you know, happier moods. So it makes sense. Now, Adrian, in your life, you've had to deal with this issue. Can you share your story with us? Sure. Um, so my dad and my grandmother, his mother, um, have a really great tradition. Um, My papa, my dad's father, his birthday was Christmas Eve. Um, So every year when I was a kid, they live out in Berks County. So we would drive the day before Christmas Eve, we would drive down, we'd get out of school, go there. And then Christmas Eve, we would spend there and come home and then they would come to our house Christmas morning. Um, It's a lot of essentially wasting gas, but it was a great, great thing. So um, my pop-up died, I think, 21 years ago. Um, And so my dad still goes down every um, day before Christmas Eve, and him and my grandmother go to the grave site, um, and they take the uh, my pop-up's drink of choice, um, and they take it to the grave site, and they all have a sip, and they give him a little sip of um, of that drink, and they've done that every year for 21 years, and I think it's just a great way to celebrate his life and just kind of spend some time with him on that day without being, you know, sad and kind of defeated about the loss, um, and they look forward to it every year as that tradition that they do together. That is a lovely, that's a lovely tradition. And yeah. I think that's, that's a perfect example of what I was just talking about, you know, turning it into something positive instead of dwelling on the fact that he's been gone. Right. Well, let's talk about managing stress in general around the holidays. Adrian, in in our conversations back and forth about this, you noted the importance of time management. Now, I have to ask, can that be done or is that a holiday myth like, well, I'm not going to finish that statement. Is that a holiday (laughs) myth or can you really manage your time appropriately at the holidays? Well, Bob, I feel like this entire podcast's theme should be easier said than done, right? Yeah, really. Because it's just chaotic time, but time management is the key. So plan appropriately so that you can enjoy as much time with your loved ones as possible. So if that means you make all of the food a day ahead of time so that you just pop it in the oven and then when everybody comes over, you're not in the kitchen all day. Um, do as So do as much as you can if you're the host, I would say. Um, that way 
you get to see everybody. You get to partake in the memories and the laughs and the opening of the presents and all that. And you're not rushing back and forth trying to make sure everybody has everything they need. Um, another big thing is don't feel obligated to attend every event that you're invited to. We all get a million and one invites um, to cocktail parties and holiday parties and New Year's Eve parties. And we were like, okay, so from 1 to 2.30, I can go here. And then from 3 to 5, we'll go here. And then by the end of the day, you're exhausted and you didn't even enjoy the day. Um and I know for me, a lot of times my program runs the day after Christmas. So if I spend my day going everywhere that I want to go, I didn't really get to enjoy my holiday and then I got to go back to work the next day. Um, so the other thing is uh, to get enough sleep and stick to your routine and set boundaries. I think that's really, really important um, to, to, to basically not be, you know, um, brutal about it, but just basically say, I really have to make sure that I'm doing enough things that I'm enjoying myself, but not too much so that I don't end up getting out of the holidays and feeling worse and more exhausted and maybe even more depressed because I haven't had that uh, enjoyment um, going forward. So, and, and there's nothing wrong with going two days later, you know? So let's say on Christmas, you didn't get to go to a certain place. There's nothing wrong with two or three days later saying, hey, let's grab dinner or I'll bring over some leftovers and we can still celebrate. I know, I know a lot of folks will do, will plan on something like in the middle of January. Right. And people are just bubbled, you know, tickled pink to be able to do that. They're like, yeah, let's do that. Cause I don't have to worry about, I have to be here. I have to be there. I have to be there kind of thing. Yeah. Michelle, uh, more than likely, in this holiday, uh, you're going to be placed in a confined space with your family at some point. So sure. how, what are some ways that, that we can prevent the family turning into the war of the candy canes? Yeah, and I think sometimes the, the family dynamic can be the hardest part of the holidays. And I think, I want to say, um, hope for the best, but expect the worst. So go in there expecting that, you know, a conflict may... Um, may play out and knowing how to, you know, have an exit plan or not engage in that negativity. If you know, every year, we all Aunt have that Sally one family or something, member. Yeah, is, is known for like starting trouble, drinking too much. I used to say, I, I would say my much. family doesn't have that. And I realized what that really meant was it's it you, was Bob. me. Yeah. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> so I think, no, just knowing how to, you know, have an exit plan, how to deal with that, knowing it's going to happen, not allowing yourself to engage in that negative pattern. Um, you know, setting limits and boundaries, kind of like Adrian was saying, or if you have an issue with a family member, like try to squash that before you guys get into the holidays. Cause you know, once you have like drinks flowing and everything, people tend to say things that they shouldn't, right? So I think that's part of the managing the expectations that we had talked about as well. And realize that everyone kind of shows up with their own baggage. Like it's a part of, you know, we're all stressed during the holidays, even if you're doing a good job of managing all that. You know, we're off on our routines, like Adrian was saying. So setting realistic goals. Like I think sometimes people go into the holidays and the celebrations thinking, oh, well, I had this with this person. I should talk to them about this. And, you know, it's just way too much. You know, you're not going to fix all these relationships or get to spend like the amount of time you want with everybody. So set even like small and realistic goals for yourself so you can actually enjoy the holiday. Like, I think so often we just are stressing ourselves out, you know, and, and I think too, like, you know, we don't pick our family. So 
I think we feel the need to be truth with our family, like our, you know, and our extended families and everything, like during the holidays. And sometimes it's okay to just be like, that's not what I think is going to make me happy this year. Or I'm going to choose to, you know, just be with my immediate family. Or if some people, you know, maybe they want to be alone. And I think like society sends us a message that that's not okay, but it can be. Well, and that's an interesting question because it feels to me like sometimes. And I think a lot of people feel this way that, that that you're you're pulled and pushed and twisted every which way, but loose um, to meet other people's expectations of holidays. How can you retain your own individual holiday spirit amid all that pressure? I would say minimize your expectations of other people. Um, you know, people have expectations of you, and if you have similar expectations of those people, it's going to be more stressful. You know, I, like Michelle said, everybody comes in with their own baggage. And if you expect everything to be perfect, then it's not going to go that way nine times out of ten, and it's just going to be a letdown. Um, well, thank you again, as both uh, really appreciate uh, coming in. Um, as you know, uh, on our program, we ask each of our guests for a life hack. Now, I want to mention to our audience that when I talked to Adrian and Michelle about being on here, they told me they had one requirement, which was that I wear a holiday hat. Yes. Now, I have not worn the holiday hat. The folks at YouTube will know that. So I, I'm going to put that on for our final question. So just excuse me a minute. <laughs> okay, so and here I thought he was yeah, going to put on this one. If we have this, this in a little, little something special oh, for our gosh. YouTube visitors. Uh, all right, <laughs> so our life hack, piece of advice, a tip, a piece of inspiration, how to do something better. Uh, Michelle, let's talk with you. What is the life hack you're going to be sharing with Santa this holiday season? So mine is uh, gratitude turns into what we have is enough. And I, I think we wanted to give a shout out to Chris Ferry because he was just on 69 News. and did Our a fearless great, leader. Yeah, our fearless uh, leader. He just did a great segment on um, gratitude. And I think this is about just instead of focusing on what we don't have or what we want, and I think we all have a tendency to do that during the Christmas holidays, just rejoicing and being, uh, you know, having gratitude for what we do have in our lives because, you know, we have pretty amazing lives. Like we have a lot of really great things going for us. And I think with that, you know, as um, the parents and, you know, the ones that are and the adults hosting the holidays and stuff, I think we also have to be mindful of the example that we're setting for our kids, right? Like if we make it look like it's all about spending money, gifts, the decorations, right? Like we're sending them the message that that's what the holidays are about. And, you know, we can't preach enough that it's about like, you know, family and togetherness. Um, so I think, you know, we have to set a positive example for our kids. And that starts with us like being, you know, having gratitude and showing that and modeling it for the kids. So really, you know, the life hack is focusing on the positive again like going back to you know how you think dictates how you feel so if you're a very um you know a uh, person who carries a lot of gratitude you're going to be someone who naturally probably has more happiness in your life so that's my my life hack i think it's great and i, I second uh, what you said about chris's uh, uh piece which by the way is on our blog uh, raising grateful kids at kidspeace.org adrian your life hack for the holidays. Okay, so my life hack is way less inspirational than Michelle's. <laughs> I had a feeling it would be. But nonetheless, just as useful. Um, you know, we're all going to be eating, drinking, celebrating, and somebody is bound to break a glass, right? So my life hack. Okay, well, you can use this for the next time that that happens. So my life hack is broken glass can be easily cleaned up with a slice of bread. 
So if you take like a slice of just regular white bread out of the bag, now not the fancy stuff that, you know, Uncle Tommy made with the cranberries and the oranges, a little firm. You want something just plain white bread and you can push it on the glass and it absorbs the glass and gets the tiniest pieces of glass off of your floor. I, I'm yeah, dumbfounded. Are you mind blown, I, 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 My mind is officially blown. Um, there, you, you know, encased Bob, in this hat, it is it is officially blown. <laughs> um, you know, to make things a little more serious, even though we, it's going to be hard with that hat, I think I just want to say, too, don't forget that all of our outpatient offices do offer walk-ins. So if, you know, you as an adult or your child is in crisis, you can certainly come to any of our outpatient sites and we'll do an evaluation, um, even if it's just, I need someone to talk to, I need to be de-escalated, or if, God forbid, they did need a higher level of care due to the, the level of crisis. So I just want to make sure everyone knows that that's an option, um, depending on the, the level of stress during your holidays. Well, that's, that's, that's a very good point, and I, it's a, I think it's a comfort to a lot of people that that ability is there. I'm, I'm still processing the bread. <laughs> I know, I think she, that's you're going to drop a glass just to try. She did tell me ahead of time, and I was like, wow, you just changed my life. <laughs> Adrian Pauling is site supervisor of the Acute Partial Program on Kids Pieces Broadway Campus in Fountain Hill, Pennsylvania. Michelle Callahan has that same role at Kids Pieces offices in Toby Hanna, PA, which are outpatient offices, Michelle, as you were just saying, uh, provide walk-in uh, assessments. Right, so, and three um, in the in the Lehigh Valley. And we have three, three and, and in Allentown as well. So um, check out our website for that. Friends, thank you again for being with us on the podcast. Have a happy and less stressful holiday, and we hope that you'll come back and see us again in the new year. You too. Thanks so thank much, you, Bob. Bob. All right. And I just want to, uh, I'm going to remove the hat here. Uh, <laughs> I just want to mark the holiday season by thanking all of you for subscribing and listening to our podcast, making our first year such a, a labor of joy for us. We love hearing from you. So if you have a comment or question about our discussion or an idea for a topic for a, a future podcast, please let us know by going to kidspeace.org, clicking on the Contact Us menu item at the top of the page. If you find our efforts of value here, please spread the cheer by recommending this podcast to your friends. They can get it at you at uh, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and the Kids Peace website. We encourage them to subscribe and listen to all of our episodes. The Conversations with Kids Peace podcast is produced by Robbie Allred. I'm Bob Martin. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to having you join us again for more Conversations with Kids Peace. Take care. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions about our Conversations podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Go to www.kidspeace.org to learn more about the series and share your thoughts.